0: Welcome to the 313 Men, Money and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about, is there a deficit of economically attractive men? With my guest Desmond Douglas, financial advisor. We will talk about, is there a shortage of these type of men? Are women's expectations too high? What is the salary numbers that will give women the best chance of getting married? And what can be done to achieve better outcomes? So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did discuss in the intro, we're going to be talking about is there a deficit of economically attractive men? Now initially this is going to just to let everyone know this is probably going to be a two part episode cuz I'm going to want to have some women on too who might have a different opinion about what we're going to talk about today and so we'll interview them at another point but the, for now it's just going to be me and the guest Desmond Douglas who was on earlier before in the past. Now one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode was because I was reading re- researching another or a podcast one time, and then I came across this Morgan Stanley article, which talked about what women are having a difficulty getting married, and so what some of the reasonings and rationale was for what it was for. They projected out to twenty thirty, and what they basically are saying is that they're telling their advisors that the biggest, the biggest uh, demo, growing diff- demographic by this point out to twenty thirty will be single women between the ages of 25 to 44. They're projecting that 45% of these women will not be married. So Mm -hmm. they're basically saying only 55% of women by 2030 in that age group of 25 to 44. And this is the reason why that age group is so important, because that's usually the age group when people get married. So they're saying that number is going to drop down to about 55%, which is near an all-time low. Now, marriage as a whole is at an all-time low or near an all-time lowest. The lowest has been in about 150 years. So it's it's very, it's definitely has dropped over the past, say, 30 years or so. It's been steadily decreasing. So one of the reasons that women were stating that they weren't getting married is because there's just not enough economically attractive men. So what <laughs> what does that all entail? Des, you there? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. All right, everybody, welcome Desmond Douglas.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: All right. Des was on previously, he was on the, uh, fi- uh, I think it was the finance and Investing in Finance uh, podcast episode. Yeah. And we had wanted to have you come back a couple times. We had some misses, if you remember. You <laughs> were supposed to call on, on one one of the episodes and you just couldn't get to it and We actually recorded one and we actually couldn't release it. So this is uh, we're glad to have you back. And one thing that I want to do first and foremost is the first time you came on, we were not able to promote your book that you have out. So I want you if you want to do it right now, you can tell the audience the name of your book and where they can purchase it. at.
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I have my first book, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and it's called In God We Trust, a Bible Study About Money. And so, you know, there's so much, uh, me being a financial advisor, also uh, minister, I was ordained uh, back in 2013. Uh, it is something that I, I kind of crossed the two worlds. And there's it's so much that the Bible has to say about money, uh, but we don't really talk about that. You know, it's not what we ne- necessarily focus on Sunday after Sunday. And so, I started doing a a Bible study that I was just going to share with with people at church, like a small group setting. And then the pandemic hit and I had all of these notes and I was like, Hey, you know what, if I can't say it to, you know, if I can't uh, teach it or, or, you know, talk about it in a small group, why not put it, why not put it to page? So that's where the whole idea of the book came from. And it was fun. It was definitely a lot more fun when I was in a group, but, it still is interesting. It asks a lot of questions and it's, it's definitely meant for a Bible study setting. So it would be a good book for, for um, others to get in a small group setting to start answering some of these questions about money and then specifically see what the Bible has to say about it. So it's not really an opinion book. It's, it's more so based on fact and what the scriptures are saying about money.
0: Great. Great. Now, Just let me, I'm going to throw a couple numbers out at you, Des, and then we're just going to get your input on them, just to see what you think. But as I was doing some research, I picked out this number and we're going to go back to what women are looking for economically here in a second. But one of the things I picked out was it says here that 48 percent of hourly workers do not have a single cent saved in emergency savings. Does that number surprise you? I mean, I guess maybe some of these are gig economy workers, or you know, working in you know, the service industry and or, or businesses like that. But does that number surprise you at all, or is that is that about what you would think it would be?
1: It is. It sounds like an initial shock when you hear that number so high, but yeah, it, it actually does reflect what I see on a, you know, in my in my profession. You know, not that I talk to a lot of people that are wage workers, but I get it. I, I talk to, I try and educate people on, on the importance of putting away for retirement and to, to not even, and there's a lot of people who don't even have emergency savings. So you know, right. that's, that's definitely the first step. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now when they did, when I was referring to this Morgan Stanley study earlier, what was one of the interesting thing is they surveyed a bunch of women in that age group. And what Mm -hmm. they found was they, they, I guess they asked them, you know, the potential salary of the person that they are looking for to be married to or a spouse. And there, what they wanted, what what the women were asking for what they wanted from financially from their, their potential spouses is 58% higher than the actual unmarried men currently available to unmarried women. Do you see how that's a very big disconnect? Am I the only one not seeing that? That's a huge. That's a huge disconnect.
1: Right. <laughs> what, what, it's what a you, huge disconnect. Yeah, man. I, I mean, well, what? What are the actual numbers? So, what is it like? Uh, well, what it
0: Well, what we'll do is like I'm. I'm just gonna. Majority when you ask women ideally, sometimes women just say they throw out a, a number of say a hundred thousand, but I'm gonna go lower than mm-hmm. that and we'll work our way up. And I'm just gonna ask you on a percentage basis, and you can just you know, pretty much throw a guess out at it. What percentage of men do you think make seventy five thousand dollars a year and up? Seventy five
1: thousand dollars a year? Uh Oh, man. I don't know, like...
0: Yeah, it's pretty hard to figure that out. 25? What number did you say?
1: 25% oh, of the... That, oh, that's mix. pretty
0: close. That's pretty close. The actual number is about 22%. So if we were to okay. go up, if we were to go up... So you were pretty right. You are right there. You were in the margin of error, as they would say. If we were to go okay. to to 90,000, what would you think? What would be the percentage? Yeah, that,
1: that would probably be less than... Obviously, less than it would be... Uh, 20...
0: Uh, it's actually lower than that. it's about thirteen percent thirteen percent yes, wow, and, and then when big you get drop off, yeah, big drop off right now when you get to a hundred thousand, what do you think that number would be?
1: If that's thirteen for ninety thousand then
0: I mean what eight percent yeah, that, that's a good go. yes you're you're pretty pretty right there it's it's about ten percent so ten percent okay. of the the male population is making about a hundred thousand dollars a year now here's something interesting just to let you know. Of that men who make $100,000 a year, about 17 to 18 percent of them live check to check. So
1: (laughs) I believe it. So
0: (laughs) women are looking for these numbers. And I just want to point this out to them, that men who are in that seventy five thousand dollar range and up are essentially the top 20 percent of wage earners in the country. So let
1: me can, let me share something because you may mention something uh, interesting and and even in my day to day, you would think that the doctors and the lawyer clients uh, that that I have or financial advisor had are going to be the um, you know they're going to be large income earners, two three hundred thousand dollars a year, but they're also in a lot of cases, not all cases, but in in a lot of cases, they're hyper consumers. Sure. So they they have they make a lot of money, but they spend a heck of a lot of money as well to maintain a certain lifestyle. And so you would think their saving habits may be a little bit better, but uh, not not the case. Just because someone is making a bunch of money uh, does not mean that they are actually saving it or, or worth that much more. And and so on the flip side of that, to kind of back up the guys who are making the fifty seven to seventy thousand dollars. That, those are those are the millionaires next door. Those are the guys that work maybe the blue collar uh, industrial jobs, but they they know how to they keep their money. You know, living expenses low on a month to month basis, and they're able to accumulate three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars by the time that they um, by the time that they retire. Even sometimes even reaching a million dollars while they're in retirement.
0: Wow. Wow. So a lot of people, yeah, basically you're saying with the millionaire next door, it's probably somebody that's making in that range, that, that, that yeah, uh, salary that absolutely. you just said. So, absolutely. And and another thing too, uh, like, I don't know, uh, some people don't realize that, like, say, for instance, you, you see a, a, a person who's a doctor and, and they may make a, a reasonable salary. They may make, you know, quite a bit of money. But what a lot of people don't know in some situations is that they have to pay malpractice insurance. They usually have uh, really large student loans that they have to pay back. Sure. So it takes them probably, you know, who knows, 5 to 10 years to get down to a point where a they can really, game, yeah, where they can really start to enjoy their the fruit of their labor basically from going to medical school and all, you know, and having doing the internships and everything.
1: Yeah, but and having money doesn't necessarily give you good spending and saving habits, so you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that when you start making that the couple hundred thousand dollars out of med school or or you start Lawyers not making two hundred thousand dollars at the gate, unless you no. start off in a really high firm. But, yeah. Um, but still, even after a couple years of practicing, and you finally in that couple hundred thousand dollars a year, if if you are already spending it before you had it, just to keep up because you are you're a quote unquote you know professional, then you're already in behind the eight ball. Because you're right, then student loans have to get paid and then you have to maintain a certain lifestyle. Oh, I have to drive a certain type of car. Oh, I have to live in a certain type of neighborhood. Oh, my kids have to go to a certain type of school. And you're already eyeball eyeball high in, in debt.
0: Yeah, so, so it's
1: a rat race.
0: Absolutely. So when I was giving you those numbers, those percentages of numbers, what the point I was getting at and it and, we talked about in the intro is our women's expectations too high. And I just want to point out that mm-hmm. that $75,000 a year and up number is basically the top 20% of wage earners. So what is what's going on is you have approximately 80% of the women are chasing after only about 20% of the men. And that, and this number, these numbers, mm-hmm. by the way, that I put out, this doesn't include the fact that the married men, and it also doesn't include what if the man is, might be gay or something, you know, it just, these, they're, mm-hmm. they're out of the, they're off the market essentially. And mm-hmm. so that number that they're chasing after keeps getting smaller and smaller. So That's right. part of That's the, right. part of the thing I was just basically pointing out to is that that number, those numbers that you're looking at, they're, 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 the more you go up in dollar amount, the uh, the more the man starts to become almost a unicorn just simply because there's just not, enough of them mm-hmm. to make that kind of money and and mm-hmm. part of it is is it could be a woman who makes a reasonable salary because some, some women who are making good money kind of want someone that's their financial equal at least you know where they're making at least on par to what they're making or or even more and well who's so- is
1: that is it you talking about a, a guy wanting a a. a- a lady to make the same amount, or you mean a no, no, woman, no, the woman the
0: women, a man? women, women, women. When they they're usually, if they're making a decent salary, they kind of want the man to sort of be on par with what they're making. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. like, so they would say, let's say I have a woman who makes eighty five thousand dollars a year. She would probably want the the person that she's gonna want to marry to make somewhere around there, something close to it, or even more than more than what she's making. So you sure. have that type of woman who's trying to, you know, compete for that kind of guy. And then you have women who aren't making that much money who are also going after that type of guy as well. So, of course. you know, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it's a race to see who can get, who can land almost this, this guy who's making all of that money. <laughs> and, and you know what's so funny about it is that some women, when you ask them, you know, what would be a good number for you? Some people go higher than hundred thousand. Some people say 200, 300,000. And then I'm like, "Then you're starting to talk. You're getting near the top two percent of all wage earners in the whole entire country." You know, so this
1: that- is when Kevin Samuels, um, rest in peace. This is when Kevin Samuels was getting in trouble because he was trying to explain something. And and although very rugged and and, and rigid in, in his delivery, sometimes he he saw he kind of made some points as far as expectations may be a little bit too high, and what are you bringing to the table to to be able to to, to uh, to find, I wouldn't even say deserve it, but to even find it from what we're talking about now, just looking at the actual numbers.
0: Sure, and 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 it's 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 pretty it's pretty difficult, you know, if you're looking for those type of numbers to you know to get someone who's making that kind of money. I mean, it's just it's it's just not enough mm-hmm. men who are making that kind of money, and I think a lot of people. I don't know if it, some guys will tell girls that they make a lot of money and they may not, but they'll, you know, they'll tell them that they do. And maybe they just feel like a lot of the guys that they, that I've approached them, you know, or they might be believing, <laughs> I guess some of the things that they're saying, I, I don't know, but the numbers, I always tell people numbers don't lie. That's why pretty much every episode that we do, we lead off with the numbers. And so that we'll, you know, before we even say anything, we want people to know that this is what the numbers are saying. So, Mm-hmm. You know, because as we said, numbers don't lie, but people lie all the time. So we want to, yeah. you know, explain that to people. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk to, to you about was we, the when we talked about the Morgan Stanley article and how that demographic of women is sort of going to be the fastest growing demographic going forward. Why, why do you think women are not settling or they'll use the word settle sometimes for you know an average earning man and, and 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 when i say average earning man a lot of people are unaware of this but the average salary for a man is somewhere around between 45 and 50 thousand dollars that's the average salary uh and it, and it goes by race too so obviously uh black men mm-hmm. make less than white men on average mm-hmm. but why, why do you think women are sort of excluding these guys because the point I look at it is, and I said it in a previous episode is that if you're married to someone and you now have two incomes, two incomes are better than one. I mean, if I, if I have to pay all the bills and let's say I'm making $60,000, I'm paying all the bills. If I meet someone that's making 50 or $60,000, now we can split everything in half. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, so why, why do you think that that's the, why are they sort of, I guess, maybe leaving those guys out?
1: Well, I think the first thing that, that comes to mind is really just the, the mentality behind investing. You know, uh, and that's everyone's trying to get the quick lick. You know, everyone's trying to really get the fast come up. And and it's nothing about the actual process of what it takes to, to be wealthy, uh, the process of building wealth. And so I believe that because we're in an era where it's a social media era and there's a lot uh, to see and, and pretty much, you know, kids feel like information error. Uh, I believe that there's, you know, maybe maybe some women feel like they can they can do better because they see a, a, a specified amount of men or a specified uh, demographic of men not realizing that that pool is much smaller than, than it appears. You know, so I, I think that the aspirations to, to get with, some of these gentlemen that may be in that that, um, that income range may not be as realistic, you know, um, sure. when you really get a feel for what's going on in, in the real world.
0: Absolutely. Now, the number that I pick, and I and this is just, I, I'm I'm thinking this is the number. This between these numbers is probably where women will have a lot of success if they're interested in getting married. And the numbers I picked were. a year to $74,000 a year. I think there's a lot of men who fall into that category who are earning that amount. And Mm -hmm. I think they might have a little bit more success if they, they, they started to look at those men and you brought up something very interesting earlier when you were talking about the average person who's a quote unquote millionaire next door. Many of them are in that salary range. What do you think Mm -hmm. about that?
1: Yeah, I do. It doesn't take, a mil- it doesn't take, uh, you know, two three $300,000 of income each year to even make it out the rat race or become a millionaire. It just takes the good saving and investing habits and, and good management of money. And so when you talk about a family, I mean, first of all, what's the world like without family? I think there's so many other issues going on in the world uh, that that prohibit or make it difficult for marriages to survive. I mean, look at the divorce rate. So in some, in, in some case, I'm not mad at it only because why well, even started it, it's, it's not going to succeed. But at the same time, when you're talking about love and doing things the right way and, and building a family and building this generational wealth, well, what kind of generational wealth is there going to really be if there's really no family structure? But, you know, still, it takes a group. You need to be able to work together so that you can build something, right? Because yeah. no one can do it on their own. There's no iron and team. And, and that's really what it takes is partnering with someone. And it's not all about the lovey-dovey, you know, uh, moments of of marriage, but there's the real deal finance and, and, for lack of a better term, business of marriage as well, as far as making sure you properly align with someone, you know, evenly yoked with someone. So I could get it if a woman doesn't want, you know, someone that's just bottom in a barrel, and, and they don't have any aspirations. But if, if you have a hard worker with, with good habits and spending habits, I don't think it really matters if they make 25000 or they make uh, $125,000. Uh, if, if they have good habits and they're able to, uh, you know, be able to save because they don't have much debt, that says something. Then the person that makes $200,000 and, and has debt in, up to the eyeballs, where you're not really going to enjoy it, you know, it's easy come, easy go. If you, if a, if a doctor breaks his wrist, a surgeon breaks his wrist, it's the, now what? You know, so um, it, it really is a balance of just finding the perfect, the right person, you know, based on things outside of money. But then if you want to look at, at the money, then, hey, you guys got to come to the table. Nowadays, there's a lot more dual income households. It's not the 50s anymore where just the guy goes out to work. Uh, the male and the female go out to work or, you know, do something, you know, I can understand it's very expensive for children. Childcare, extremely expensive. So maybe even a woman out as a professional may even find herself staying home or even a guy may end up staying home due to, you know, what, what the, uh, you know, circumstances may hold. I put that That's in the book also. Who should go to work? Should a guy just bring home the bread and what if the woman makes more money? Well, you know, this is the, this is where we live now. You know, sometimes women do make more; they are the breadwinners. Um, but I think it just—it uh, just needs to be a team effort. It, it shouldn't be as shallow as, "Hey, they just need to make a hundred thousand dollars." Because what's that number? Okay, you make a hundred thousand dollars, then what? If they have bad spending habits, you know.
0: It's just a number. I, you know, I try to tell it's some. Just people, you know, it's just a number. It's just a number, and it—it it doesn't guarantee uh, financial Anything. security. If the the person is irresponsible financially, it doesn't guarantee that they'll, you're going to have this, this, this great, wonderful life. And that's, that's why I said that number between 50,000 and 74,000 will probably Mm -hmm. give women much better outcomes if they would start there instead of trying Mm -hmm. to get the guy who's already made the money and then try and jump into that type of a situation. They're just going to be competing with a bunch of other women where they're, they're, they could probably have a lot more success in that, that lower tier. And, and those I
1: think are, women need to get back. I mean, to cut you off, I just think you just need to get back to uh, judging a man by the quality of his character. Right. If he's a good character person, then then he's going to want to do best by you and, and his family, his potential family.
0: Right? Yeah, and in the very first episode of the podcast, I explained to him, and I said, the four pillars of manhood. I said, if a woman finds a man who has... Decisiveness, maturity, uh, consistency, and strength—that all the other things will fall into place because those are mm-hmm. all character-building traits and different things to that effect. So I think everything else will fall into place if they're not making a lot of money or a decent salary at one point, but if at some point in their lives they probably will because of the authenticity of having those those traits. And I think that if 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 women see guys who who have those qualities, regardless of what their salary is at that point that's someone that you might want to stick around and stick with. So mm-hmm. I would think that that would be, you know, to their best, that be to their advantage. And and lastly, Des, I just want to ask you this particular question here. And it's just about with because of that Morgan Stanley study saying that there's going to be a lot more female head of households. Are you, how, how I guess is the financial industry preparing for that? Or what are some of the things that y'all have to do now where you're just going to have basically maybe a woman, who has maybe a one a child, two or three, who's going to be mm-hmm. making now these financial decisions, who is going to be making financial decisions for a household without mm-hmm. a husband. Because, you know, in the past before, you know, when there was a husband and wife and they did, even if they went to a financial advisor and spoke to anybody, it was usually the husband who kind of spearheaded it in the past. Mm-hmm. But now women are having to do this. So I guess mm-hmm. what, what, how, how's the industry, I guess, preparing for that?
1: Yeah, no, you, you're raising a very valid point with all these baby boomers now uh, retiring. We are seeing a, a big transfer of wealth. And i tell you this, uh, that the face of investors are rapidly changing. So before, when it just used to be, you know, uh, white middle-aged men and, and older men, um, now it's a lot more uh, people of of color that are investors. And, of course, there's definitely an increase in women who are investors and a lot more women executives in, in the boardrooms now and a lot more women uh, business owners and, and um, even just women who are happen to be single for whatever reason who are inheriting money from their parents who were baby boomers. And so there are a lot of uh, studies going on. There are definitely uh, preferences uh that that some women may have over just the, the the average investor um there are different angles that we would take and so uh for instance uh with guys if if you if they were married a, a couple uh, a guy would tend to pass away or die first whereas the women would tend to need long term care and so some of those uh, options need to be looked into as far as Making sure there are um, ways of protecting assets and and things like that. So and, and taking care of the children and uh, estate planning and, and stuff like that. So uh, it is it is definitely changing overall in the world. And, and women are are definitely now um, the recipients of a lot more money, especially over the next ten, twenty, thirty years.
0: Okay, so the industry is pretty much already kind of knew this is what basically what you're saying, and you're you're preparing for this, this change. Cause I guess it's happening right in front of your eyes. Anyways, you guys are starting to see different types mm-hmm. of people coming in and, uh, you know, asking questions and getting, getting financial advice. So that's, that's pretty well, interesting. Look, that's,
1: it is. That's why you see a lot of fortune 500, fortune 100 companies that are now quote unquote embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> it's yes. not, it's not, it's not a coincidence that, oh, now we're embracing diversity. Um, The reason why is because uh, the faces of executives, business owners, investors are changing. And so now they're going to need to, they're going to want to feel, they're going to feel more comfortable speaking to people like them across the table. That's why you see more financial advisors who are now women and people of color because they now represent a growing demographic of wealth.
0: Yeah. uh, One of the things I I tell people is that When you brought up the diversity aspect of it, I always tell people uh, there's three states that are responsible for essentially a third of the country's GDP. And it is California, Texas and New York. And the three thing, the the, the one thing that binds them together because they're all totally different. But the one thing Mm -hmm. that binds them together is they're the most diverse states in the country as well. So, right. so that's, that's, that's right. something, that's something to take into consideration. I always tell people you have to pay attention to stuff like that. Well, yeah, Des, we're going to about, we're going to wrap this up, but I really want to say thank you. And we've had, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got you back on cause we, you know, we had some uh, close calls before, but we were able to get you back on the show. Uh, what I'm going to do, it. what I'm going to do is if you go to the website and you want to get in touch with Des for any reason, you can leave an email all you have to do is put your name you don't even have to put your whole name you can just put your first name and your email address and the information will be passed on to him and he will contact you if you are interested in any type of advice that he can give you for on the financial side of things and des is there anything that you if you want someone to reach out to you specifically what they could do
1: uh hey if they want to reach me to your website that's fine if uh Facebook or Instagram, just look for Desmond Douglas and financial advisor. I'm sure I'll pop up. And uh, from there, then you can, you can, uh, you know, get
0: my information. Okay. And can you plug your book one more time and tell them where they can get it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, please. Uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon has it, uh, Kindle, wherever. And it would be called uh, Desmond Douglas. My name, the book is titled In God we trust a Bible study about money. So if you look me up on Amazon, then that's how you'll get it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, what we're going to do, like I said, we're wrapping up. I just want to let people know you can go to the website. The website has a lot of valuable information about this particular podcast. Like I said, you can leave an email message. You can get on an email list and the email list is just to let you know certain things about the show that's going to be coming up in the future. That's all it is. I will be the only one contacting you. There's no spam or anything like that. The other thing is you can also leave a voice recording. Once you go to the website, you'll see a microphone in the corner there. All you have to do is tap on that microphone and you can literally leave a voice message with your cell phone. You can do that and that won't be a problem. Also, go to the, the website and leave a review. The website will be in the show notes. It's always in the show notes. All you have to do is when you see that website, just click on the link and it brings you right to the website. If you can't click on the link for any reason, all you have to do is is type in the 313 men money and marriage in a Google search and it will pop up and you'll see it where the website is. and just go on there from there. So with all of that being said, we are going to wrap up. And like I said, I want to say thank you to Desmond again, and we are out.
1: Peace.